Seahawks coming off their first loss of the year, Carl. It was tough to watch. It was a fun game to watch, but tough to see. How'd you feel waking up this morning? Um, not good at all, but mine's from a combination of gambling this weekend, getting killed in fantasy, and the Seahawks. So it's a little bit of everything. Gambling this weekend? Everyone tells me to try it, so. On football? Yeah. Like DraftKings? Yeah. You got inspired by Mike Bell last I did. week, didn't you? Mike, I'm going to be calling you sometime this week so we can get our picks in. Did you ask for his spreadsheets? No. Well, there's your first I know, mistake I, right I there. Know. Well, there you go. That's why it's a rough Monday for me. <laughs> I feel like Mike should hold like a tutorial podcast. Just on <laughs> sell spreadsheet a building for NFL fantasy. Like a football gambling class. Just hmm. buy it online. Perfect. I'd, I'd buy it for sure. I feel like there's a lot of degenerate gamblers out there that would probably... Take a look. Maybe DraftKings could sponsor it. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it sure was an exciting game. I think the. Um, I think the Arizona Cardinals deserve to win that game. To be totally honest, I think uh, the Seahawks made a lot of mistakes, and for the first time this year, a lot of mistakes caught up to them. They just didn't look sharp. I in the first half on offense, they looked pretty good. Other than that one like awful rust throw. But the second half was just kind of out of sorts and didn't really um ever get anything going. And then overtime was the same thing, like two huge sacks, some really really timely penalties for the Cardinals. And there you go. There's a few things to dissect, I think. You watched the game, if, I'm yep. assuming. Oh yeah. What oh. happened? Well, like, I want to first talk about Russell Wilson because I think if he had a fairly good game, other than three throws. Yeah. And I don't know what happened on those three throws because watching replays on all three of them looked like all three were just really poor decisions. The Chris Carson one was tough to watch. I th I don't know. Was it was it laziness a bit? I think he might have felt that he had a wide open touchdown and kind of just kind of lobbed it a little bit, right? Because he didn't throw it that fast. So he, if you watch a lot of Seahawks games, he does do that a lot around the goal line. When they run like play action, bootleg, and someone's running like a crossing pattern or an, or an out, he does like floating. He mm -hmm. always does that. He always floats it like that. Oh, I just hate but he just didn't throw it far enough. No, because like, he was if still If he wants to float it, that's fine. Lead yeah, the guy, but yeah. he like, like floated it to where he was. Floated so you run into it, right? Or you got to throw it hard. Yeah. Like he he obviously just didn't see the safety. Mm -mm. Obviously, um, but even if the safety was not in the vicinity, it was still a bad throw. Like if if he's gonna throw that floater, it needs to be to the over his right sideline, right? Yeah, not to the goal line. Oh, exactly. What was the... Because I mean, at that point, the game was 17... Seven, it? it was 17-7. Seven. Mm -hmm. Was it? Yeah. And so, like, if the Seahawks... 17-10. It was 17-10 then? Yeah. So if the Seahawks punch it in, they go up two scores. I don't know. That was a... All three, man, like, and the one to DK down the sideline, I don't know what happened, but, like, DK just kind of stopped running, 
and then it was just a super easy pick in the end zone. And then the third one in overtime was like... Was that just a miscommunication? Even if it's a miscommunication, it's still a bad throw. He's not throwing it to anyone, right? It doesn't matter. He's finding space. So I think it was Lockett. It was Lockett or Moore, I can't remember. I think it was Lockett. I think it was Lockett. Russ obviously thought he was running a seam, Mm -hmm. like a straight pattern. And Lockett kind of ran a post towards the middle of the field. But even if he's running a seam, he's throwing it directly into the the two defenders. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't really make any sense to me. All three of them were like very un-Russell Wilson-esque. Extremely un-Russell Wilson. Like he didn't have a bad game until those like three turnovers. Mm -hmm. It was so random. You saw 380 yards passing. I just, I don't know. We started off so well, but then the second half, it was just like the opposite of the Vikings game, eh? Do you think, what do you, how do do you feel about the Brian Schottenheimer's play calling this week? Um, there's still situations mm-hmm. where the wrong things are happening on offense, I think. There's a time to run the ball, and it's not on second and long. And it happened a few times yesterday. Why do they love doing that? It makes no sense to me. You just, what do you get a couple of yards for your third? Like, I, don't, I just don't understand. The, what the best case scenario is third and five, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the best case scenario. But you're still playing that third down. But why not? Allow Russell Wilson to run it, like run a play action play, get outside the pocket, have four four options, mm-hmm. and then like if no one's available, he's checking down to the guy that's going to get five or six yards. Right, just a safe safe throw. I would like to um, point out that we had our first outside run play this game <laughs> for positive yardage. Yeah, on the season. There was a toss play to uh, Carlos Hyde that uh, went for his touchdown. So that's exciting. That's very exciting. We got that going for us. Um, Jamal Adams out. Was that his third game he's missed plus the bye week? Yeah, so. With a pulled groin. It's a curious, curious um, Do you think it's something more serious? I don't know. They keep saying he's like on track to come back. They just want to be cautious. Which, if that's the real reason, I'm okay with that. I think it's a lot more important to have Jamal Adams in right. week 14, 15, 16 playoffs mm-hmm. than it is for us to have him in week six against the uh, Cardinals. I wonder if he keeps tweaking it or what. But I don't know, but I agree. I think he's just purposely coming back slow so it's not like a nagging ongoing thing. Because he means so much to our secondary, right? I mean... <laughs> And now freaking Carson got injured too. But you said it was just a sprained foot? So they said sprained foot. He's classified as day-to-day. He may miss next week, but um, it's not going to be a long-term thing. Carlos Hyde stepped in and looked fairly good. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Um, I think Homer went out too. Ooh, did he? I think he went out. I don't remember what from. But next week, if... Um, it was a knee oh, knee contusion. Yeah, that's why Dallas Dallas started playing a little bit. So next week, expect to see rookie DJ Dallas a little bit more, which is cool. Um, I was kind of excited about him at the beginning of the year, but knowing who's in front of him right now, he just wasn't going to get much playing time unless a few guys got injured when, with the Carlos Hyde pickup. 
Which is it turns out to be a fantastic pickup now. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Oh yeah. Like I don't I don't um I'm not too upset about this one. Like I coming into the season, my goal as a Seahawks fan, I don't think the Seattle Seahawks goal was to have a perfect season. No. It's not an important part of football. I think it is huge to win the NFC West, huge to win the division. Um, with the playoff change in how the playoffs are run this year, mm-hmm. do you know this change? No, I do not know. So there's seven teams on each side making the playoffs now. So only one team gets a bye. Damn, eh? So if we can finish kind of in that like 13 and 3 range, which mm-hmm. I think is really, really possible still, the next, like we said last week, the next four games are going to tell us how the Seahawks are actually as a competitive Super Bowl contender. Um, I think it's huge to get that first seed, just have a buy in the playoffs. Yeah, we talked about this last week, but like the NFC West is definitely the best division in football right now. Dude, the worst team in our division is four and three. Four and two. Four and three. Four and three. Four and three. And they were uh, ex-Super Bowl losers. The best team... In the NFC East is one seventeen and one. That's the best team. They threw in a few extra games. Yeah. <laughs> what the shit? Although with this new format, it is mathematically possible that all four teams from our division make the playoffs, which is kind of cool. Really? It's three wildcard teams this year. Oh, I don't know why they changed it. Like due to COVID, three wildcard days. Like who are gives you, a fuck? Are they taking the, out like a playoff week? It's or the something? same season. Yeah, I don't. No, it. it's just instead of a bye. So let's say Seattle get plays or gets first in the NFC. Yeah. Let's say Green Bay gets second. Green Bay now instead of getting a bye has to play the division or the wildcard round. Makes sense. So there's still only going to be four teams moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's just. Two don't get a buy, just one gets a buy, which is I, I don't understand why they decided to do that. But anything else to say about Russ, or should we just leave him alone and move on? What is there to say? Just got to limit those mistakes. Yeah, I don't. I like it. It's uncharacteristic, which um, like I don't think this is going to be an ongoing conversation that we keep having mm-hmm. to talk about him making big mistakes no but it was uh it was just kind of i don't know what's the right word like i couldn't figure out why it happened three times right because it's so rare with that guy what did you think about uh, kyler murray on the other side a lot of people compare him or give him comparisons to russ yeah i don't think he's even close right now no i think he's a he's a good quarterback mm-hmm. uh, I don't think he is even close to Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers no. Patrick Mahomes no just the IQ and all the like the team leadership young, is not close right? yeah yeah he is 26 is he I remember even younger is this his third year in the league second or third only second or third okay. he's 23 he's 23 yeah okay well so TBD on that guy but he, 
that's the thing with experience, right? The game management stuff is not oh something God. that is easy when you come into the league and you're used to playing against college players. He is a really good athlete. He is elusive, would be a good word. He's fun to watch. He looks like a little uh, cartoon character where his <laughs> legs move so quickly. So quick. It's just, it doesn't make sense. And he's, yeah, he's good. He's fun to watch. I don't think he's elite yet. I don't think he's a top five quarterback in the league. Do you think he's the potential? You think like four or five years, maybe even less, three years? He'll be a top 10 quarterback in the league? I don't see the pocket presence and mm-hmm. arm yet. Gotcha. Okay. To say yes. So a couple of things he's got to fix. I don't know if, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think he is. Russell Wilson in his first couple of years was like a franchise saver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he saving their franchise or is their team just pretty solid all the way around right now? I think he's doing a pretty freaking good job right now. Maybe. Time will tell. I And to be honest, I haven't watched much of him. So yesterday was the first full game I've ever seen that guy play. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, last year, obviously, against the Seahawks, but TBD. TBD, baby. He, to give him some credit, he did have a couple drives yesterday that put his team in good positions to win the game. Mm-hmm which is usually what young quarterbacks are incapable of. They usually do the opposite. Yeah. I'm not too discouraged, to be honest, about yesterday's game. I am kind of happy that we are doing this podcast on Monday rather than Sunday night. (laughs) Because I think last night's demeanor would have been a little different. But... um, I don't know. Like, we come back to the same things. The Seahawks are a top three or two Super Bowl contender if they can figure out how to rush the passer. Yesterday they had zero sacks. Oh, my God. And, like, a comically low rush um, percentage. They were showing... uh, Right now, the Seahawks are worst in the league for... um, I don't know what the stat was called. It was, like... Hits on quarterback, knock, uh, knockdowns, and rush rushing mm-hmm. their throw. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks are 20.6% of the time, so one out of five. They're actually getting to the quarterback to rush him a little bit, and that is worst in the league. That is actually the worst in the league, yeah? That's the worst in the league. Oh, my gosh. So what, what can the Seahawks do at this point in the season? Uh, they... I mean, I don't know if this guy is necessarily going to help this department, but they picked up that Detroit Lions guy who is a pro bowler who's on the practice squad right now who's just trying to get back into shape because he came in at like 380 pounds. He's been on the practice squad for two and a half weeks. Well, he'll get there, hopefully. But he's a D-tackle. I don't like. He's just a big dude in the middle. He's another Jaron Reed kind of guy. I don't know, man. I think they're every week they're looking for more options. Oh, yeah. Every week they're looking. Uh, who was announced this week? Uh, Someone was announced this week that they asked for a trade, and he was a a pretty good defensive end, pass rusher guy. And as soon as he was it, Michael Bennett? No, it's going to come to me. No. Alden Smith. What team? 
Um, it's like he. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find it as we as we keep talking. Was it a guy from it. Tennessee? <laughs> no, it was a bad team. Uh, but he was a DN guy. He was a DN who's looking for a new home because his team sucks and <laughs> wants to win. And so his team announced him as being like available to trade. Really, eh? And so all the Seahawks uh, Instagram pages like immediately started talking about him. Oh. I'm going to try to find him. Just another guy on the line, eh? Just I can't remember. I should have screenshotted it. Quarterback rusher. Well, that's what we're missing. We're like one game changer away from like, even if it's a Jadavian Clowney or like some like someone like that, mm-hmm. regardless of whether he is the guy getting two sacks a game or not, mm-hmm. he's just drawing double teams so often yeah. that gives so much more opportunity. And you can be way more creative on defense when you have a guy like that who draws double teams, who attracts a lot of attention. Because mm-hmm. like, let's say Jamal Adams comes back next week and, he, and he's healthy. People are game planning around Jamal Adams. Of course. Right? His because our, everything. our D-line is the worst in the league. So they're not like, if we have a pass rusher who is capable of beating someone one-on-one and getting to the quarterback... Then you're game planning against that guy to yeah. stop him. And then the five, seven times a game that Jamal Adams blitzes, he's wide open. So right now we're watching the Chicago and the LA game. And both these teams have a guy that can do that for them, exactly. right? Aaron, Aaron Donald, Donald for uh, the Rams. He's and arguably then, the best football player in the league, right? Oh, yeah. He's he's up there. And then Cleo Mack for Chicago. I think he's been ranked. Like the NFL does uh, like best player ranking every year. Mm-hmm. And I think Russell Wilson was number two last year. And I Aaron, think Mahomes was number one. And I think Aaron Donald was number three. But the year before, wow. Aaron Donald was number one. That's insane. Yeah. Just because of his defensive presence and what he does, eh? He, and this is something I was listening back to our podcast from last week. Mike was talking about, um, when we were talking about Jamal Adams, he was saying that the value of a safety is not near the value of a pass rusher. And so like I was... I listened back to it and I was thinking about it. I was thinking about the guys that are extremely good at their position. How much, like, a quarterback, obviously, Mm -hmm. is, I would say, without even an argument, is the number one most valuable position on a football team. Right. Outside of that, it's probably a defensive lineman. Someone who can stop that number one position, right? It's probably a D-end or a D-tackle. Yeah, no, I think I agree with you because I mean, right? Like, you have to put you probably have to put a a middle linebacker in the conversation. mm -hmm. Like a Bobby Wagner is unbelievably important for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, but like, where at what positions can you fill in really good athletes? Like the NFL is just full of stupid athletic dudes, right? Yes. So, at what position can you fill in a pretty good athlete and the star around them? will make them look like a star. So quarterback is one where you need a star. At receiver, the quarterback can make you look like a star make even you if look you're much not a star. better than you are for sure. At Could- running back, your offensive line can make you look way better than you are. Mm-hmm. So 
I think of that like superstar position that it's so important to win or to have a, a winning team and it's quarterback, maybe D end and middle linebacker. Middle linebacker is huge too. Because they're kind of the blitzer and they kind of cover too, right? Stop the run, they do a little bit of everything. Because if your D-end is an all-pro superstar, right, your safety can be mediocre because the quarterback is under pressure Every 50% time. of the yeah. time, right? And not only that, the offensive line probably has to double him, right? And, make, and then game plan for him and that opens up so many more holes. You can be so creative if you have a star that needs to draw attention. So like... On the other side of the ball, look at what Arizona tried. It was very clear that their game plan was to not let DK Metcalf touch the ball. And what's that guy's name? Something Peterson. He's like um, one of, if not the best quarter, corners in the league, right? Um, Patrick. Patrick Peterson? Mm-hmm. He, he's been like one of the best shutdown corners for a, a bunch of years in the NFL. Eight-time pro bowler? Yeah. How many? Eight times. Eight times. It, like he's he's super good. It was fun watching him because he's he's really really good at what he does. And DK DK is not used to that. Like no. he had a good game against Ramsey um, early in the year. But has he played another like superstar corner? Probably not. No. Probably not that teams are game planning against him. Exactly. But because of the start he's had in the first five games, obviously Arizona. It was pretty clear Arizona's game plan was like. Let's not let this guy touch the ball, and whoever the fuck else wants to, we don't care. This receiving distribution is so lopsided, eh? David Moore, three receptions. Will Disley, two. Metcalf only had two. Hmm. And then Lockett with 15. Well, so, like... <laughs> Do you think that that's part of their game plan, though? Well, I think Russ figured it out early in the game that, like, Arizona's game plan was to... N- Stop DK. Mm. And you can't stop both of them, I don't think. No. So if every possession or every every down, their best defensive back is face guarding DK, Lockett's just going to be open. Like Lockett's one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It feels too big, right, for both those guys. And <laughs> Lockett, had his, Lockett had an interesting game. He had four, so he had he had fifteen receptions. He had four superstar catches, including the first play of the game. Superstar, like <laughs> as good, could be in the top fifty catches of the year. All four of them. It was the one in the back of the end zone on fourth down. I don't know, man. Wild how they got his feet in bounds. Also, <sighs> fuck you to the refs because they called it a touchdown, and then they waved it off, and then they had to review it and call it back a touchdown. So, like, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. But he was fantastic. It was... I'm excited that he got a little bit of a breakout game because he's been slightly sluggish this year. Not like... Maybe not as productive as we would have thought he would be going into the year. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see him have a really good game. Get those touches And sure. even in the 15 receptions, I was talking to you about this before, Carl, he had two really poor drops. Like r- straight in his hands. Football's such a weird sport, man. It's such a weird it's sport. It's so weird. Look at Aaron Donald. Look at him. Oh, he's so scary, man. Every possession. Every down. 
He's just trying to kill you. Is it just like, what is it about him? He's too quick for the lineman and he's too strong. He's probably like a, because you know, lineman, the offensive line usually probably have like what, like 70 pounds? Like he's probably like around 260-ish. No, he's more than that. Is he? Going around against guys that are 300? I would, I'm going to guess Aaron Donald is 6'3". Yeah. He's 285. Oh, close. He's 6'1", 280. Shit. Close. Still, but he's like 50 pounds less than an average lineman, but I think he's just as strong as them. And he moves way better. And it's it's Is so he tough. young still? It's so tough for them to stay in front. Ah, uh, his age. He's been a superstar for like five years, probably. Since like day one in the league. Yeah. yeah. He is 29. So he's getting up there. Yeah. A couple more years, maybe. <laughs> he's like honestly, he's a guy that the Seahawks might pick up in like two or three years when from he, now. He gets yeah, yeah. <laughs> for half price, right? Yeah, yeah. When he's got one year left. <laughs> yeah. Ellie's trying to shop him, trying yeah. to get someone back. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Khalil Mack is also 29, funny enough. Where is he? On He's Chicago. Chicago. Monster as well. He's a D-tackle? Um, yes, he is. No, sorry, he's a D-end. Oh, he is? Okay. Three penalties we need to talk about. I want your honest opinion. <laughs> the first one I want to talk about was the Bobby Wagner. What did they call it? Unnecessary roughness. <laughs> the the mysterious on. personal foul. Yeah. First of all, the name of the penalty is comical. Comical. Unnecessary roughness. You know we have a sport. This is a sport that is built on over necessary roughness. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're supposed to hurt people. You're supposed That's to finish your the play is. every time. Your job is to tackle other physical specimens and bring them to the ground. That's your job. Bobby Wagner sees a tight end coming over the middle. The ball's thrown to him, and he pushes him in the back, and he falls over, and he gets an unnecessary roughness penalty that is 15 yards that keeps the Cardinals' drive going late in the game. The Cardinals were third and five at that point. That is a curious, curious penalty. Do you have a thought on that? I thought it was a bang bang play. I don't think he led with his helmet or did anything intentional. It was bullshit. I think I think it was a, one of the cleanest hits that we've talked about this year with the Seahawks. The NFL analyst that came on that is ninety nine percent of the time wrong. So maybe I shouldn't give him too much credit. They're mostly wrong. Whatever his name is, Paul Tigliatore, whatever. I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea if that's the name. Strong Italian name. It was an Italian dude. So I did get the nationality correct. He comes on and says he has no idea why the flag is there. <laughs> I love the honesty. He's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't see it there. The like, as a linebacker, you have to assume that when the ball is thrown, the guy's going to catch it. Yes. So my job is to hit you and take you to the ground. It's not my fault that the quarterback threw a bad pass that was behind him, and the receiver puts his hand out. It hits his hand. It's not like it was 15 yards behind He's behind making him. a play on the ball. It hits his hand, yeah. and Bobby Wagner pushes his back. I have no idea. Very, very curious referees. That's one we all agree, including Paul Tigliatore. We should... I love uh, Paul's honesty, though. We should tag Paul 
Should we? Okay. In the podcast, yeah. Okay. Tigliatori. Just look up Tigliatori. Okay. I'm pretty sure his, his Instagram is at tigliatori.paul. <laughs> Never going to spell that. <laughs> Second one. And this came at a curious time in the game. The DK touchdown called back in overtime. The hold on David, David Moore? David Moore gets called for a hold. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I don't know. It was a 48-yard catch and run by Metcalf. It was a great play. That's another tough one. He wasn't really inside of him, but he did affect it a little bit. My problem with this one is not so much the call. Like if this happens in the first quarter and it's called a hold, You're good nobody it? talks about it. Okay. This is completely affecting the game. So my assumption after watching the replay at least three or four times and rewinding and going back and forth is that player is not bringing down DK Metcalf and preventing the touchdown. So he could, there's no way he would have gone to him? I don't think so. So I would say the first 85% of that block was Clean. a good block. Yeah. There was a borderline finish where it could be called a hold. And again, I'm not going to be angry if that happens in the first half. But in overtime, when the game, when that play is going to happen regardless, mm-hmm. yeah, the borderline penalty should not be th- like thrown. Especially going back to already knowing that you fucked up the game in the fourth quarter with bo- that bullshit Bobby Wagner penalty. No, I think it's a tough call for the refs. I think it was just a little bit of a fuck up by David Moore. He should have just completely left him. Just because there's no way, like you said, I don't think that guy would have gotten Metcalf. I agree. I think it's a good point where when you take on a little bit of responsibility and you under- like think of... Think of the situation. So as David Moore, it's overtime. What was... We we might have been third down. So it was, I think it was a big It down. was third down, yeah. So it was a big down. The worst possible thing that could happen is that guy gets Bastia and tackles DK for, let's say, like a six or eight yard gain. So it's fourth and two. Short, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I agree. I think it's worth noting that David Moore maybe could have played it a little bit better. Just don't even give the refs a chance to blow the whistle kind of thing, right? I know. That's, it's it's that's a tough call. Part. Tough call. What was the third one you wanted to talk about? Uh, was it the Benson? Remind me what that was. I don't Mayowa. Know. Um, the guy made the kick. And he went off sides during one of the kicks, I believe. Oh, fuck yeah, yeah. Carl. Thank you. Yeah. So, again, a very curious penalty name literally the ref the ref announces leverage what leverage that's what the penalty the penalty name is leverage that's a name uh is that a new rule i thought that was like some sort of action that's the he he says leverage number whatever 98 whatever whatever number to mayo is also complete phantom call and I'm pretty sure that guy made the kick. So it would have been three points. Yes. And so the Seahawks would have been up by seven at the time. And instead, a 15-yard penalty again 
extremely borderline. Because they were fourth and 12. So Extremely borderline. They call a 15-yard penalty to give them a first down and they score a touchdown. Two plays later, score a touchdown, make it a three-point game. Exactly. So in my opinion... I think all three of them, based on the situation, were incorrect. Two out of three. One out of three called. Okay. Three in a row. It's pretty bad, man. Like that leverage, whatever the fuck you're going to call it, that was so suspect. Like the, the, the wording of that call is you can't use on a field goal. You can't use the offensive lineman to push yourself up to try to block a kick. So you can't like jump on their back and jump up. And literally you watch the replay. He has his arm on the guy's shoulder and jumps over, which is very legal, tries to jump. He doesn't like push himself off. He jumps and they call this bullshit leverage Fuck, why can't you push yourself off, man? Just let them do whatever they want. That'd be fun to see like a rug, rugby play, eh? No, but that was a tough this call. Because then the Cardinals would have needed a touchdown on the final drive instead exactly. of field goal to win the game. Instead of a field goal. So it changes everything. It, those, three pl- those three penalties, if two of them aren't called, and again, I think all three are questionable at best. If two out of the three are not called the Seahawks win the football game in a regulation. Dude, I honestly think nine times out of 10, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals. I mean, like you said, these three calls, Russell's three simple mistakes. I don't think the game's close. Again, like I give credit to the Cardinals. I think they outplayed us yesterday. The problem is even when other teams outplay us, our team is better. Mm -hmm. Like we're just better. Individually, the Seahawks are better than most teams in the NFL, and so they're just going to win. Even if they play shitty, even if Russell Wilson has a shitty game, he still throws for 380 yards and three touchdowns, right? Like, he's he's, he's just a better football player than Kyler Murray. Yes, 100% right now, yeah. Right? So I'm not overly upset about the loss. I know I, like, will pick out certain things and be very disappointed in... Russell Wilson's decision on that specific play or the refs throwing a phantom penalty. Like, those are three big fucking penalties. Huge. Huge. <laughs> Man, at all critical points of the game. All and they're the, all yeah. mediocre. Yeah. All, I feel like I'm unbiased enough to announce if it should have been called or not. Mm-hmm. And I look at all three of those things and if they were on the other side and the Seahawks were beneficial of them, I would cringe. I would be like, well, take it. That's what my reaction would be. But Not be like, fuck yeah, that's a penalty. Mm-hmm. On all three. None of them should have been called. I Like, I agree. Just let them play. It's I, tough. Like, especially at that point. Like, it's a 50-whatever, two-yard field goal, whatever it was. The guy kicks the field goal. It goes through the uprights. Yeah. It's not like it affected the play in any way. It was a really mediocre call, this leverage bullshit. Like, it was not a egregious jumping off someone's back. That's a callback to a previous episode. Thank you for noticing that, girl. <laughs> it's one of my favorite words in the English dictionary. 
Tease, tease. Like, give them the three points and let's let, let's let the dudes win the game. Like, let's let the people, the players who get paid tens of millions of dollars, let's let them win the game. Let's not give everyone just for showing up, hey, you get 15 yards. Nice participation medal, bro. You showed up today. Good for you. Refs taking the taking points off of the board is a problem. It should never happen. It just it just ruins the whole game. What else? Where else do you want to go, Denny? What's left? I do want to point out that I'm not upset that we lost that game. So I, regardless of all the shit, and barring a few like. Three extremely poor throws from Russ. Like the turnover battle in the NFL is crazy. Crazy. What is the percentage of teams that win the turnover battle that win the football game? Like it's stupid high. Probably 85%. I'm just randomly guessing, but it has to be super high. Oh my God. What did you say? 85. 76.8. So lower than I thought. You can't turn the ball over three times. Mm -hmm. No, you can't. Like, their offense is way too good for them to turn the ball over three times. That play, that... So the first one to uh, Carson on like the five-yard line, that's a throw that Russ makes a lot mm -hmm. in that situation. And so I can understand from his perspective when he sees the exact same thing that he's seen dozens of times in the past where they run this little play action play Carson flies out of the back uh, backfield and he's wide open and he floats it to him and it's a touchdown it's an easy catch for a, a running back yeah he just plain out did not see the safety read the play really well mm. and credit to that guy he he read it really well cuz the Seahawks run it a lot so he's probably seen it on film so i'm not let's say that one happens it is what it is the one to DK in the corner of the end zone was like, to me, makes no sense at all. It was kind of a broken play and Russ just chucks it up on, a, it was like third and five. They're in field goal range at that point. So like, usually Russ is pretty good at that point mm -hmm. of just throwing the ball away. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. There was nothing there. Just throw it away. Kick a field goal. It, it would have been a long field goal. I think it would have been like 51 or something, but kick the field goal and move on. But those turnovers, man, like that three points loses, like that three points could have won the game, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Carson catches that touchdown, right? I mean, it's right there. I would my fantasy but that, week. So the reason I'm, I'm, I'm okaying him out of that one is because I've They've, seen that play run so many you know. times and that exact throw scores a touchdown nine out of 10 times. Yeah. So his problem was he came out of that play action, saw Carson wide open and just assumed that like every there. other time yeah. the safety gets faked by the play action and Carson's wide open. Whereas he didn't turn his head enough to see the safety and the safety read it perfectly and saw, okay, like as soon as the ball went it's out. just fed it to, yeah. I he's know. like, I know this is play action. I'm going over here. And, man. And then the third one was equally as bad as the second one. The first one, I'm I'm giving him a pass. Second and third one, really, really bad. And I don't think Russ makes a mistake either of those bad for the rest of the year, honestly. You just got out of his system early on? I don't know, man. 
I don't know it, what it It's was. just super uncharacteristic, right? <laughs> just something you don't expect from Russell Wilson. Think of like you and your day job or like an accountant or like any human in their normal life. There's a, there's a routine, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Russ in that play has a routine. This is this is what happens. I fake the handoff over here. I turn around. Carson's wide open. Wide open. Yeah. TD. It's too easy. Yeah. Giddy up. Yeah. I I turn my head. Carson's wide open. Little lob pass. Fuck! I didn't look at the safety. My job is to look check down the safety. Right. Where is he? He just got because if he fires that in there, yeah. The oh, worst thing yeah. that happens is an incompletion. Right. It's too hard. Carson doesn't make the play. Whatever. Kick a field goal. Thank God for Metcalf <laughs> on that play. Yeah, I th- feel like anyone that's listening to this is probably on social media. <laughs> yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> so you've all seen the memes. It is what it is. That was like, it was crazy. It was absolute fucking crazy. He almost got up to I've th- never seen anything like that. 37 kilometers an hour? Like, dude, what? I've never seen anything like that. He ran right by Russ, right by everyone, and fucking tackled them. Russ started 15 yards ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looked like, here's a good analogy. Look like me in the Tesla going against you in the Tacoma. Oh, man, that's fucked up. She gone. She gone, no <laughs> chance. It was wild, man. It was wild. As soon as the pick... As soon as it ha- as soon as the guy picked it off, whatever, whatever his name was, I forget his name. He has like three names. <laughs> whatever it is, what it is that guy? That guy on the team. That guy. As soon as he picked it, and you saw Russell Wilson like sprint for maybe twelve yards and then just lay up, you're like oh fuck, and you're like holy fuck, who's that guy? <laughs> it was. Crazy man, I've never seen anything like that. Dude, you should be a track star. What is he doing here? That guy who caught the ball. What can we find? Was it? Let's find out his name. Buddha Baker. Yes, that's it. Okay. That's why I said he has too many names. <laughs> is that? A, this isn't that his last name though. It's like Buddha Dash Baker. Yeah, his first name is Buddha. No, his first name is Buddha. Last name is Baker. Oh, good for him. Good for him, Buddha. I fucking love my Buddha. He's over there. He sits there. He wakes me up every morning with a smile. Buddha says that was the first time he's ever been hawked in his life. I don't know what that means, but look up Buddha Baker forty yard dash time. What do you think it is? I'm gonna guess it's four four. Yeah. Like he's a fast individual. Four four five. So And DK <sighs> made him look like a dump truck versus a Ferrari. Yeah. Isn't that insane? What did, what's his face say? Pete Carroll say about that play? Pete Carroll says that was the greatest football play in the last century. That may be a slight overstatement, but at the same time, watching NFL for the last, since I was 15, 16 years, aggressively, Mm -hmm. I've never seen anything like that. It's just pure athleticism, eh? That guy picks the ball off on the two-yard line, running towards the Seahawks end zone. So full sprint towards the Seahawks end yeah. zone. And Metcalf DK, is on the goal line. DK is running a route the it's other crazy. way. 
sees the ball picked off. He's like halfway deep in the end zone. So the guy has, I would estimate a, at least a 10 yard start. Close, probably seven ish. I'm looking at it right now. So it's right there. But hold on, but, but you're not accounting no, that yeah, they're I'm going not. the other uh, other direction. No, I'm not. So by the time that DK like plants his first step, yeah. Even his first step, like, dude, your first step to your fourth step <laughs> is a completely different speed, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Especially when you gotta turn your body and change direction. Yeah. So let's say how far apart were they when that guy's at full speed? Because that guy's at full speed probably two steps after his catch, after the catch. Oh yeah. Yeah, because he was running. He's catching his stride he's he's before he catches exactly. it. Exactly. Whereas DK had to plant, take probably three steps, or four steps to get to full speed. Yeah, it he, was over ten yards, man. It was insanity. That guy beats Russell Wilson on the thirty, and then and then Metcalf beats Wilson on the forty. <laughs> it's insane. What a freak athlete! Stay healthy, stay smart, man, and we got ourselves a superstar. I think he's something else. Like, I don't think he's there yet, but I think he, um, I don't know. Power, you talk about like nature, nurture. Nature, this guy has every single gift. He's like like LeBron. Like I mean, just physically more gifted than anyone else in your sport. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're building a genetic person. This is This is what comes out. LeBron is an uh, is a one in a century type human. Yeah, I'd like, say so. You're never going to see another dude like that. Metcalf is a freak. Freak. So then you go to like nature, nurture, nurture. I think Russell Wilson is a really good, really really good. I don't know what do you call him. Idol, motive, like someone will look mentor, up to you. mentor. Yeah, mentor is a great word. Yeah, yeah. If probably mentor one of the best in the league. And they're like BFFs, which is really cool. Are they? Yeah. I think that re- that wide receiver quarterback relationship is huge too. Eh? Huge. Anyways, let's get out of here. We've talked enough. Should we talk about next week? Quick, San Fran. Next week, San Fran. Is it uh, at home? Uh, it is at Seattle, yeah, at 125. Do you think they're going to give us any fans yet or no? Uh, so all I'm hoping hold for on, is hold that on. they keep the schedule the same. <laughs> That's all you're hoping for? Yeah, they don't move us somewhere else. Bump us. What were you going to say? Like, I'm not trying to take COVID lightly. This is not my intention, but... I would like someone to give me a rational reasoning for allowing 1,200 people into a stadium. Carl? Tony, I wish I could. What's the difference between zero and 1,200? A disadvantage playing at home. That's the difference. How's it a disadvantage? Well, I mean, if you got your home fan, I mean, twelve hundred home fans or whatever, or twelve thousand home fans is better than none. No, 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 twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. That's how many the Arizona Cardinals let into the stadium. Twelve. They had twelve hundred. Twelve hundred, Carl. So each person gets their own section of the arena. That's what I'm asking. Is what is the purpose of this? How much are those tickets, man? I don't know, dude. Those twelve hundred people must have had the best time of their life. Why is that a thing, though? I had Look no idea. Look at this. 
Look at this. Attendance at the bottom. 1,200. That's, that's unbelievable. You probably had like 48 feet between each other. Who in the Arizona Cardinals organization is deciding on 1,200? It's such a random number. It's... So let's say... Let's say their stadium is 70,000. I'm going to look that up right now. 1,200 Six, yeah. divided by 70,000 is... Seventeen percent of the stadium. No, that's one, not right. One point seven. One point seven. Yeah. So it's next, what is the point? I don't know. So people have to come in to work at the stadium, and they have to run booths and everything for these twelve hundred people. Man, like the entire idea of this makes no sense to me. So any follow up questions, I'm going to give you a ridiculous answer. I'm welcome to the follow up questions. Just be prepared. I'm hoping I can find something online right now kind of explaining what the hell is happening. Like at least the whoever, Miami Dolphins, the I know the Houston Texans had fans. I know uh, who else has had fans? LA doesn't tonight, I don't think, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, LA's uh, struggling right now. Yeah. They're, uh, their mayor is... They're coming up with some weird rules, some crazy laws, man. Apparently, you can't use your friend's bathroom unless it's been like cleaned properly or some crazy shit. I think it's the same problem. Like I'm reading right now, and it was the Arizona Department of Health Services, and they just made 600 people per each side of the stadium. Those are just the rules they came up with. As the dumbest fucking shit of all time. What are we doing right now? Like, humanity is lost. Can someone just come up with these concise rules that everyone follows instead of just, I don't know. So I disagree with that because somebody. So that's up to one person's. I'm I'm wrong. One person's opinion. And a lot of people are fucked up right now. A lot of people. A lot of people are not fucked up, but they go the other way. So it needs to be some sort of like committee i don't know like pull people from different parts of the country and be like well this is our philosophy this is what's worked this is what hasn't worked this is what we're struggling with this is what has done really well let's share some thoughts whereas like la is batshit crazy yes that guy is nuts crazy guy's nuts he announced he's like no kids get to trick-or-treat this year and then three days later all the parents complain and he's like you know what kids can trick-or-treat no problem (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck is people- yeah like everything is still shut down and well a lot of shit is shut down in LA so. and they're pulling back every day too and then you gotta compare LA or California to someone like Florida like no rules no restrictions no nothing no one's wearing masks let's come up with something here guys something that works I don't know I don't like the Florida mindset is interesting right like their mindset is if you're sick, mm-hmm. you should be cautious. You should stay home. There's a lot of services available to you. They can deliver groceries to your door. Yeah. Etc. They're essentially leaving it in the hands of the people to make their just own decisions. Isn't that what freedom? But I don't know. Talk about California. <laughs> well, that's definitely not freedom. There's a reason. That's borderline people- prison, man. I know. 
There's it's a reason it, lots of big name people are leaving California, especially like the, the their whole taxes thing now too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hope they figure it out. What's going on with New York? Do you, have you heard anything about them? Not in the last few weeks, Nothing, to be honest. Right? So I'm yeah. assuming it's getting better because it was in a really bad place for a long time. It's so multicultural. Like it's like so much tourism, so many people from all over the world. So. Everyone's so close, right? Yeah. yeah. But like I was like, but you, I haven't heard anything either. Not everything's coming from California right now. Maybe just because we're on the West Coast. I don't know. Maybe because it's just good for the news right now. I don't know. San Fran next week. Yeah, let's uh, move back to sports. (laughs) The NFC West is by far the best division in the league right now Mm -hmm. in terms of records. By far. So let's look at the NFC. The NFC East, the best team in the NFC East is 2 4 1. Then the NFC North has two teams that are five and one, and then two teams below five hundred. The NFC South has the NFC South is de- decent. Tampa, New Orleans, five and two, four and two. Carolina's three and four. Then the Falcons are the Falcons garbage. are the best one in six team in the league. Shout out to Mike. Mike Bell. Why? Well, last week he said that they're the best one in five team in the league, and it, you got confused a little bit. Yeah, they're they're still one in six. Let's, <laughs> let's forget about them. And then the Seahawks division, NFC West. Seahawks are top at five and one. Arizona's five and two. The Rams are up right now, so they could go to five and two. And the San Francisco 49ers are bringing up the rear at four and three. That's a football division, ladies and gentlemen. And we have the Niners next week. The reason I say I'm excited about the loss this week, Carl, not excited. I would have preferred to win, obviously. My Sunday night would have gone a little bit better if we won. Mm -hmm. I feel like you, the best people in the world, whether you're in business, in relationships, in sports, the best people in the world react the best to adversity. And look at the New England Patriots that had a perfect season and lost to the Giants Mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl who were 500. They were just an average team, yeah. Average. They got hot. They got hot at the end of the year. But like the goal is not to go 16 and 0. No. The goal is to play good enough in the regular season to have a good draw in the playoffs mm-hmm. and then play well, hopefully be healthy at the right time of year, make the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. I don't think yesterday's loss hurts our chances of winning the Super Bowl. I hope that it is a, I don't know, like an ego shot yeah, to yeah, some yeah. of the dudes. A good wake-up call. Right? Mm-hmm. Being 5-0, and one of three undefeated teams in the league. Yesterday night being one of two undefeated teams in the league. Like, you may take th- some things for granted, right? C- especially coming out of a game like the Minnesota Vikings game oh, where yeah. 
You played like garbage and you still won. I don't think we deserve that win. Right? So you just assume that Russell Wilson is just going to win a football game for you that you don't deserve to win. But guess what, guys? He's human. He made a lot of mistakes yesterday. And the team around him needs to show up. The defense needs to figure a few things out. It would be super, super fun if we could win a game and not give up 30 points. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. When do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. I think it's most probably games. not going to happen next week. Then we play the Bills. It's probably not going to happen that week. Nope. I don't know. And that's why all these games are so close, right? They're always within a touchdown, within a score. Yeah. Please, defense, figure it out. We need someone to really step up on the rushing side. Just get after it, man. Are they going to get better, Carl, or is this going to be a conversation that we have for the rest of the year? Oh, fuck. That's a great question. I'm hoping they get better, but I think we're going to be talking about this again. It's, it's, football's weird, man. Like, honestly, they're one pickup away. Whoever that guy was I was talking about earlier, I forget his name. He's on a shit team. Let's say something like the... Uh, I don't know, dolphins or like something like that. <clears throat> One good D end away from like football is such an emotional sport where like one good dude, like a Jamal Adams on the field, mm -hmm. completely changes the energy and the mindset of the entire defense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, <clears throat> if we had. A Jamal Adams, a Bobby Wagner, and a D-end. I think it changes the defensive mindset. I think it changes a lot. But at this point in our season, all we're trying to do is score more points than the other team. That's it. It's, it makes for fun games, but it, I mean, scary-ass games. The Seahawks? Close games. The Seahawks have to be the most exciting team in the league right now. They have no they choice. Have they have to. <laughs> like last night's game was a phenomenal game to watch. It was, I think it was the, probably the best game of the season so far. If you're not a Seattle, well, the New England game was pretty fun too. That last second stop. Yeah, they're both up there. I mean, it's Seattle, right? It's just their play style. Dude, that's how they play. Every game is close, regardless of whether you're one and six, like the Vikings, yes. or 17 and 0. Doesn't matter. It's going to be really close and it's going to come down to the last possession often. Anyway, next week, see, uh, Seahawks, 49ers in Seattle. Carl, what do you think? Denny, I have no idea. I think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo still sucks. I'm not a fan. Is San Francisco still dealing with a lot of injuries? Yeah. They are, right? I think so. Like, I don't have an accurate update on that, but I think so. I think the Seahawks bounce back after this week's loss. I think they win the game. I think they beat San Francisco. I just don't know the score yet. I think it's a one-possession game. I, I yeah. say, like, again, I haven't seen a defense, even though, like, Arizona's defense played pretty well in the second half, held us to 10 points in the second half. Yeah. Pretty good. I haven't seen a defense be able to do that for two halves. So I'm going to, and I think Arizona's defense is better than San Fran's. I say 37 Ooh, yeah. to 30. 
to 38. So one possession game, one touchdown game. I'm going to go even closer. 37, eh? Fuck. Because the Seahawks have to draw points for them to win. And they will. Have they scored over 30 every single game this year? Um, I'm going to look that up right now. I'm going to say yes, but I haven't looked. Okay, Denny, I am going to go. All right, hold on. Do you want me to answer your question? Game one, <laughs> sure. 38. Yeah. Game two, 35. Then 38. Then 31. Then they beat the Vikings 27 26. So that was the one game. They scored 27 in the second half, though. And then they lost 37 34. Okay. I think they bounce back. I think Russ has a good game. I think it's going to be 31 24 Seattle. Low scoring. Yeah, I think so. It's a very low scoring Seahawks game. Mm hmm. I pray to baby Jesus that Jamal Adams plays, and I hope he makes a big difference. You pray to who? Baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That reminds me of the podcast I listened to today. You know what I'm talking about? Did you listen to Kanye? Oh, Kanye, I was going to say. No, not yet. Was it worth listening to? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Honestly, no. No. <laughs> I started listening to... Like maybe I was like 10 seconds in and Joe asked him like about him running for the presidency and I, I just turned it off. It was weird. It is weird. It gets better. The second half was better than the first half. The, oh, it was, I don't know. I don't want to hear Connie talk about like presidency and all the bullshit. I want to hear him talk about his music career and how he got into it and all that Me stuff. Too. Mm -hmm. He's just a little bit out of it right now. So yeah. I back to football. I have 31-24. Denny, you have 37-30. Let's go Seahawks. Let's go Hawks. Back on the win train next week. It's a tough stretch, man. I'm excited because there are going to be a lot of fun, good games. But like I said a few times, we're going to find out how good the Seahawks are over the next four, four weeks, weeks from yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I'm pumped. I'm excited. I'm excited for the challenge. I think uh, Jamal Adams comes back. And I think Russ, I think, like, I don't, this is my last point. I don't know because I am not a professional athlete nor have I ever been nearly as good as any of these guys at a sport. I don't know what the like psychology of a guy like Russell Wilson is like on a day-to-day -day basis when the entire world is saying, you should have been MVP three years ago. You're deserving the MVP this year. You're by far the MVP this year. Like, What is the psychology? Do you go into games just like, a little bit more loose, being like, you know, I'm the man. Mm. I'm the man. Or do I'm you, fucking Russell Wilson. Yeah. The world is praising me right now. Like, I don't know. And even if it's a fraction, right? That little fraction of three years ago having a chip on your shoulder and not making those three mistakes versus like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to throw the ball. Everyone's going to catch it. We're going to score touchdowns. We're going to throw for 450 yards. We win in games. Let's fucking go. It might... So maybe a loss is the best thing for this guy. I don't know. I don't know him in interviews and on social media and all this shit. He seems like the most put together quality dude of all time. Oh, of all time. Right? Yeah. You Super never hear anything guy. negative about him. He's always positive. Yeah. In an interview, you'll ask him about something uh, negative and be like, you yep. know what? We're getting better. We're getting better. I love that we're getting better. We're making yeah. better reads. We're making better throws. Everything's getting better. Like it's the same as Pete Carroll. So good at praising teammates, right? Yeah. A lot of people know when they step up. Yeah. yeah. But maybe 
something like this, a loss where he has three picks that were all three, he knows that they were all three bad throws mm -hmm. and bad decisions on his part. Maybe that sets him off the other way. I 100% agree, right? Being 5-0, and oh, feeling like he can do whatever. This is kind of a wake-up call, like you said, right? The three picks. I think he goes, watches game, game film, he talks to his receivers, they figure it out, and I don't think I don't think we see this Russ again this year. That's my call. Hashtag Johan. Let's go. Cool.